Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast. In celebration of our 75th Jubilee year, we are talking to alumni throughout our history about who they are, what they're doing now, and their candid experiences of life on campus. We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni. And I'm Meg Cohen, Class of 2010. We are here in the George Rice Podcast Studio on campus. Today we have a guest who stands tall in the minds of faculty and students, and not just because of her successful career, but because of some iconic footwear that most alumni will remember her for. Today we are very lucky and blessed to have Dr. Marianne Sanyoger to the podcast, a 1970 grad who studied English. Welcome, Dr. Sanyoger. Thank you so much. And for those who can't see me, which I know that is everyone right now, I am wearing a boot because I broke my right foot. So yes, the stilettos are waiting and calling my name, but not today. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I saw one heel. There's a little one. (laughs) You're right. You're right. But it's so good to be here. And in all my years connected with the College of Steubenville, and of course now evolving to Franciscan University of Steubenville, I never dreamed I would be sitting here talking with two beautiful women, alumni, and just talking about what I love most in my professional life, the university and my students. Yeah, well, when we think of the 75 years of the university, you were the first to come to mind because you have so much experience and so much history of this university. So can we start with some of that of what first comes to mind that you were here at the College of Steubenville in the 60s? Yes, I came in 1966, right after I was graduated by Catholic Central High School. And um, I attended Franciscan, majoring in English. I loved it. I remember seeing Father Michael, the dean back then, walking the hill. Oh, by the way, there was nothing between Egan and um, Antonian Hall. Zero, no buildings. No buildings. It was just one long road. And I remember Starvaji was the university library. Now where admissions is, now where human resources is. But I remember, I mean, that whole building was the library. And we, um, uh, there was a little like half a flight where all of the periodicals were, and then where admissions, et cetera, as I said, that was the library. And by the way, Mr. Wu was there, and And he's still here. We just celebrated him this past summer. It's incredible. Wonderful man. I hope I left a good impression on him back then (laughs) when I was a student, because I see him quite often here. Oh, my gosh. Yes. But as an English major, you probably were in the library a lot then. Quite a bit. Yeah. I was, they had carols in there for studying. Right. And I was always positioned somewhere studying for and reading for my classes. That was but your I, haunt. That right? was, yeah. but I loved it. I loved it. 
You were also mentioning before we came on about studying with your husband, that you guys had spots yes. to study. We would, we, we didn't have dates the way, you know, I guess you would define and describe what a date is, but we would have study dates. And uh, it's funny, he still tells his friends, you know, when I would ask her out, I knew what she'd say, I'll meet you in 218 or one, you know, 118 or oh and we'd have our books. He was an accounting major. So he had, uh, sorry, accountants, but he didn't have as much reading as I had. <laughs> so uh, but we managed, we would study together at night on the weekends, et cetera. Sounds like that was a pretty good foundation for a lot of things, you know, <laughs> career, I, life, I, marriage. Yes, <laughs> yes. I remember too, where the TV studio is now in Eden. That's where the bookstore was. And we had a snack bar there. And I could, and all the fraternity and sorority gals, you know, we had our different stations where it's now the walkthrough. Right. And um, I remember, Rich, you know, that we had, I was engaged my junior year here. No, I take it back my senior, October of my senior year here. I remember going down to the, um, it was called the student lounge then. And we went down and I had my engagement ring on and I showed all my sorority (laughs) sisters and my friends. And did you live on campus or? I live close to Holy Family Church. So, you know, we, um, yeah, we didn't have, actually, we just couldn't afford to have me live on campus back then tuition was $450 a semester. Wow. Oh my goodness. And my parents still didn't have it. I remember that I used to work. The average pay was a dollar an hour. And I would work through the placement office. I was a playground instructor one time. I was the municipal uh, uh, lady, you would call and say, um, may I speak to the mayor? And I'd say, Good morning. Good afternoon. <laughs> this is the municipal building. And I had, I mean, really that great big black um, uh, piece of equipment with right. all those little oh, plugs. Yes. That was you. I did that. And it was all part time, but it was a dollar an hour back then. And then I worked with Mrs. Ann Bates in the placement office and uh, made a dollar an hour between classes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. At her office, was downstairs of Starbology. I still remember where it is. As soon as you walk through that door on the left-hand side, her office was right there on the right-hand side. Oh and goodness. I sat there almost every day of my life. Oh my gosh. Wow. When you were growing up in Steubenville, was it obvious that you, number one, wanted to go to college and number two, go to the College of Steubenville? It was very obvious. <laughs> I lived it. I dreamed it. When I was a little kid, I made, and I did, I made my neighbors, my friends, play school with me. (laughs) Every summer, they had to sit on my front porch, and I was the teacher. I was the teacher. You were made for it. Yeah, you Uh, you really were. You were destined. I loved it, and they, they, no ands, ifs, or buts. I was the teacher, and we played school all summer long. They couldn't wait for school to start to get out of the, you know, on the front porch. <laughs> but I always knew I wanted to, I, I wanted to teach. And um, I always loved English. And I tutored Latin also. So I tutored Latin, I tutored English. And 
I wasn't, you know, thinking about teaching Latin, but I did know I wanted to teach grammar, literature, composition. So that's, you know, I knew. But as far as coming here, I had to come here, which was the best decision my parents made. I had no choice because we did not have, you know, the money to send me somewhere else. But it was in God's plan. Mm -hmm. It was in his plan. And you've stuck around for the most part since you Uh, left for a little bit, right? Well, I left from 1970. I was graduated by Franciscan. Went straight out. That was in May. Actually, I think it's like May 13, 1970. I think it was around there. I have it written somewhere on my ring. But I remember going to Catholic Central that September, and I taught 10 years there. The last couple of years I was there, I was department chair. Okay. And like a premonition of what I'm doing now. And um, I remember my 10th year at Central, one of my, I taught all of his children at Central. He was the dean there then. And he called me and asked me if I could teach a part-time, a class. And I said, yes. Here at Franciscan. And it ended up being, Three classes. Oh, wow. And I remember, oh, I loved it. But I never, I thought, oh, I can't teach at a university. I was scared to death. And if you ever read my book called Life Lessons, A Connection of Souls Throughout Life's Journey, my first chapter is about how scared I was teaching at Catholic Central High School my first day. Say that that feeling revisited me when I came here. But I learned to adjust. I trusted in God. The Holy Spirit gave me the courage, the coraggio to walk into those classes. And I realized these students are God's gifts to us. They truly are. I would teach nowhere else and I would be nowhere else. So I started here eight years later, part-time for eight years. I had a baby at home. And in 1988, I became full-time, and I've been here full-time ever since. Wow. That's incredible. I know. It really is. To hear the progression of your life, you know. I think it's really good for some of our alumni, especially early on their journey, to hear the longevity, the long view, you know. Yes. Because sometimes you feel stuck or complacent maybe in a job or a career. But, you know, who knows where life is going to take you. And you were really just open to that. Well, I do know, as St. John Paul II says, I mean, your vocation, you know it. You know when you know your vocation. And you don't have to be in there right away. God takes you maybe all those little (laughs) veins and all those little twists and all those little turns. But when you are at peace and when you know that you have come, to that area of full love and contribution to the world and faith and hope and just turning over your life for him. That's your vocation. That's your calling. And you just do it because you don't want to do anything else. And I've been blessed. I really have. It's been a good ride. Yeah, we know people that took classes outside of the English department because they just wanted to experience that. And I think your passion 
for English and for what you're teaching lives on in your class, but it's also your faith. And I remember you as a professor that the starting with prayer and your just centrality that you use the faith in your class is very unique and particular, I think, to Franciscan. Is there, was that always the case for you? Or what has that journey looked like? That journey started when I became I was um, a cradle Catholic, you know, I mean, I was baptized at um, how old, you know, and the faith, I had no end of a but decision, but I'm glad it turned out that way, of course. <laughs> but I can remember I, uh, when I first came here as a student, of course, we were sorority, fraternity, Greek, um, and we had a good time. You know, I was the song chairman and we had competitions, you know, musicals, the different fraternities and sororities would compete with one another. I was a Theta Phi, if there are any Theta Phi's out there. I'm still here. But, um, you know, but of course we don't have the frats and the sororities anymore, which is good. But um, I can remember bed races from the top of Egan all the way down to where is the circle now. And the beds would go up a little higher because, you know, would make sure no cars were coming in. But it was one two-lane road from, and it was the only way in was the lower entrance. Right, right. Yeah. So we had bed races during Greek week. Oh and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but believe it or not, I studied a lot. I, studied, <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. My parents would have killed me. You worked hard and you played hard, right? I did. Actually, that's my quote. <laughs> is that your that's mantra? my mantra, my motto. Yes, it is. That's when amazing. I play, I play hard. When I work, I work hard. Yeah. That's amazing. That's but amazing. Christ became my center. He became my center when I came. I begin classes with Christ, with prayer, with petitions. I live my life with Christ centered in everything that I do. And I hope it shows. Amen. It absolutely does. Yeah. So when you um, came back to teach here at the university and you've been teaching English, did you think when you came back and you, okay, I'm teaching part-time, did you ever think, okay, I want to go get my doctorate? Or was this kind of this, you know, envelope or it's opening up before you this plan of God kind of in your life you know taste it <laughs> I could eat it I slept it I saw it every minute I wanted my doctorate so badly for two reasons one for my students I wanted to go into that classroom with more knowledge to give them and two and please don't take this as a prideful response or comment I wanted to see if I could do it. I didn't know for sure. And I wanted to try. And I knew that, you know, failure is not a sin. It's a learning experience. I wanted it so badly. But before I began my PhD, my little boy was uh, fifth grade, then sixth grade. And my husband was sitting around the dinner table. And I asked Richard, I said, mommy wants to go back to school because I was teaching here part-time right? and then going to school part-time. I, I was here full-time okay. and I was driving two and a half hours up to Kent 
Ohio in two and a half hours back. There were a few nights where I had my bags packed because I had to stay at Corb Hall because of the snow. And I lived up there in the summers. I mean, it took me six years to get my PhD part time. But Richard said, Mommy, you can get your PhD. But I don't real I don't think he realized what he was saying. <laughs> Mommy needs for you to really be yeah. by her side. And Rich did tell me, he said, we're supporting you, but we come first. We come first, honey. And I promised never the Lord comes first. We come next, you know, never to forget that, to eschew that. So I can remember, I didn't have a life for six years, of course, you know, but, um, but I found out a, I had acquired more knowledge for my students. And I was more, I could contribute more mm-hmm. in the classroom. Yes. And B, I did it. And the day I went in for my doctorate, dissertation defense, I prayed to the Holy Spirit so much. And I am not kidding, ladies, and all of you out there. When I walked over that threshold where everybody was waiting for me to defend, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit go right through my body. And after that, it was fun. <laughs> Who can he say that, was right? Me. It was a good experience. That's amazing. And you're clearly living it now as all these students who have been able to experience that knowledge and soak it up from you. What is your favorite part of being a professor? Being my students, bro. Mm-hmm. Being, I, 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 being, just being in their lives and having them be in my life. I love to see them become better communicators, better mm-hmm. writers. But I always tell them, I'm not here just to teach you to become a better writer. I'm here to teach you to become a good person, to develop those virtues, to walk those pebbles and those stones leading to Christ. So that's what, you know, the prayer at the beginning of the semester, uh, beginning of each class, let's focus on the Lord. I'll never forget a student. I used to teach studies in fiction. It was a core course back then that people had to take. I missed that class. But anyway, (laughs) I had about 50 students in that class. And she sat, she sat right in the front close to the window. And I can remember every time I begin prayer, she would put her head down and just kind of sulk. Mm-hmm. And finally, one day she came to me after class at the beginning of the semester. And she said, Dr. Sun, well, I was Mrs. back then. You still am, but I didn't know. <laughs> but she said, I don't know why you have to pray every time we begin class. Now, remember, this was mm-hmm. the 80s, okay, early 80s. And I, and I could They'll see her today. And I said, so-and-so, I don't want to pray. I'm an atheist and that, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, hey, what she, you know, what, why is she here and being upset about prayer? And be still going to pray. <laughs> so I told her, you have two choices. One, you could just put your head down or two, you could join, you know, you can <laughs> join and listen to the words. Many years went by. One day I saw her, she came back for, I don't know what, but in Egan. 
And she said, you remember me, Men I did. Mm-hmm. You remember me, Mrs. Sanyover? I said, yes. I just want you to know I converted. I'm now a Catholic. Those are the reasons. I'm not saying I was the reason for that. But I hope I had a little tiny pinch of salt. Sure. You're an instrument. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. We're evangelized. Send out joyful disciples. That's why we're here. Yeah. Gosh. And you have had so many of these beautiful experiences that you've gifted all of us with a book, right? That you wrote. I did life lessons. And I thought in the beginning I would write it with what I taught my students. No. And three years later, I couldn't get it moving. Three years later, I thought, how prideful am I? I need to switch it 180. And write about what my students gave to me and what I life lesson learned from these students. So I have 41 narratives, about 41. I made up the names. Right, some gave me right. permission to use names, but some high school teaching and some university teaching. And I'll tell you, you don't even have to be a teacher, but it's just a beautiful looking at the connections that we have in our lives. Thank God for those. Good. Well, as we finish up here, we just have some quick hot takes uh, from the Hill of quick, uh, quick hot takes to see what your first response is when we ask you a question of life on campus. So uh, this could be as a student. Okay. So in your time here, do you have, it's hard to pick a favorite, I know, but do you have a favorite friar or sister that you had a relationship with? You know what? I loved all the friars, but as a professor, my mentor is Father Dominic Scotto, and he's no longer here at Franciscan, but he's at his at the Friary in Loretto. I loved Father Michael Scanlon. I mean, he he was a great jitterbugger. He was a good <laughs> dancer. I remember, and it be, I mean, he could look into your soul. He could look into your eyes and look into your soul. You know, um, I just. Oh my goodness. I just loved all the friars because they did embrace every single one of us. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So I think you've already touched on this, but was your favorite place to study or um, in Sarvaji, or you can tell us your favorite place to teach? Oh my goodness. Of course, here on campus anywhere. But my favorite place to study was in Egan Mm -hmm. as a student. My favorite place to teach is in Egan because everything's there. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, if I've been here since the 80s, I'm not as young as I used to be. (laughs) And I do still wear stilettos. (laughs) So if I can stay at my home base close to my office, (laughs) I'm good. Right. Especially in the winter. Absolutely. Uh Wow. Did you have a favorite professor as a student? As a student, he's deceased now. Now, his name is the same as Dr. Patrick Lee's last name. But Dr. Lee was the chair of the department back then. And I was scared to death of him. He was a big man. And he had a real deep, gruff voice. But by my senior year, I was president of Sigma Tau. And, and um, what else did uh, what Well, Theta Phi Alpha, et cetera. 
But I remember I was scared to death of him. And I, when I did my thesis, undergrad thesis under him, I can't believe I selected him. But that was another challenge. I thought, I'm going to learn to work with this man. And, you know, and I remember he was my favorite. I remember he looked at me. I was on John Donne, metaphysical poet. And I told him, I said, I'm going to visa statement, show that John Donne uh, converted to Anglicanism out of dire necessity and not out of pure um, um, uh, like obligation, obligation right. from the Catholic Church. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like he really changed his fate right. internally. No, he was diehard Catholic. But he went to Anglicanism because that was how you got ahead in England. Right. But anyway... Uh, Dr. Lee looked at me and he said, no, 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 I don't mm -hmm. agree with that. You know that now, Marianne. And I said, but I see it in his poetry. And he said to me, you write that thesis and let's see how you do. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I got it back, received it you know, from him with a grade. He said, I want to tell you, you didn't completely change my mind, but you started to. And that's just like conversion. These ongoing conversions, mm -hmm. that's what we're called to do. That's awesome. That, that's great. You know, ladies, I thank God every day for being here. This hill is blessed. I mean, to be here, to grow from here, and to go out from here. I start crying. What a blessing. And the way we see the world today, too, we are equipped to bring that hope back and life back into the world. And I thank God every day. Thank you. Absolutely. And I think you just are the epitome of who we are as Franciscan right now and who we're striving to be. So I, I appreciate that. And I'm going to tell you this. And then I know they're dying to get me off. I know. Okay. <laughs> no, but no. I'm going to say this. One time I was at the Fort Stupid Mall back in the 70s. Or, yeah, 70s. When I was, um, what was it? Fifth Central. And um, I was with my mom and my itty bitty little baby in a stroller. And I can remember us talking to everybody. And this is not patting on my shoulder, no. But I remember mommy saying, honey, you don't, you're just so friendly with everybody. And mommy brought me up that way, my mom and dad. Mm. And, you know, some people aren't. And I thank God that you're friendly and that you do, you know, I mean, what, what you said, like the epitome, et cetera. I don't see myself like that. I see myself as a little kid who grew up in Steubenville, Ohio, who used the word yuns <laughs> until I came here as a student and said yuns. I remember the very moment and where I was in Eden <laughs> and was smacked across my face with the language that said, I can't believe you're an English major and you said yuns. <gasps> so I remember learning a new language and not that stupid bill of Eden. But I'm not kidding. I love what God has blessed me with, my family, my kids, my students, this place. I watch Franciscan just bloom and blossom from day one, really. 
Amen. Amen. Well, I think that is the perfect place for us to conclude here. And it's just an honor and a privilege and a joy. So thank you so much, Dr. Sanyogar. Thank you, former students. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, ladies and gentlemen out there, former students. And I know I probably upset some of them at oh, one time no. or another. But remember <laughs> that I love every single one. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legends from the Hill. If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan Alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus. Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75-year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill.